Xtox connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This Life Science Focus podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to keep you up to date. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks Life Science Podcast. I'm Vera Kovacevic, Managing Editor at Xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by a special guest. I'd like to welcome Dr. Grayson Zuloff who is the CEO and co-founder of Resonant Link, a wireless technology company that has developed the world's fastest charger for medical device implants. Welcome to the show, Grayson. Vera, thanks so much for having me. We're super excited to, to be on the podcast today and, and really excited to share uh, what we're up to at Resonant Link and, and how that has an impact on uh, medical device implants. That's great. So before we um, start talking about Resonant Link, I just wanted to ask, can you tell us a bit about yourself before you co-founded the company? Absolutely, yeah. So I'm uh, from Western Colorado originally and really got started on the journey to what would become Resonant Link during my uh, undergraduate career, where I was studying electrical engineering and uh, worked at Dartmouth on this NSF Center of Excellence for cancer hyperthermia treatment. So I did my undergraduate thesis on medical devices in some sense on, on using nanoparticles to treat cancer. Um, and then actually after that kind of found my way back to climate, which I'd grown up, uh, my mom is, is an environmentalist. And so had gotten really into that kind of before undergrad, did some medical device stuff, but then went and worked on some of the first commercial electric vehicles for a few years. So got to build some of the first all electric uh, garbage trucks, school buses and things like that. And then went and did my PhD at Stanford in power electronics. And that idea kind of ended up becoming Resonant Link. That's great. So can you elaborate a little bit more about how the idea came about to launch Resonant Link? Like what was the um, unmet need that you were seeking to fill? Yeah, so there were really kind of two parallel stories. One is kind of uh, my story, which I'll share. And then one is the story of my co-founders and of the technology, the foundational technology, which I'll also share. And those kind of link up and, and go apart and then linked up again to launch the company. So as I mentioned, uh, when I was at Dartmouth, there was an NSF Center of Excellence there. And my part of the project that I worked on with a different advisor was on the nanoparticles inside the body. And then Professor Charlie Sullivan was actually working on how you would heat these nanoparticles to kill cancer cells once they're at a tumor site. And so he had looked at some conventional magnetics technologies and realized that conventional ones just wouldn't work for that and actually came up with the idea for the MSRS, the core resonant link technology, in 2013. So he had patented it then and kind of had this concept around uh, something that coincidentally I was also working on for my undergraduate thesis. So we'll kind of park that story on the Grayson side. Um, while I was building some of those first commercial electric vehicles, I got excited about what wireless charging could do to make electrification happen faster. 
And the concept there is imagine that you have a school bus that you know the loop that it's running every single day. So instead of having to put batteries to do that full route, say maybe once in the morning, once in the afternoon, those are super expensive, make that electric vehicle uh, more expensive than a gas counterpart. Could we put wireless charging, say, at each of the bus stops? So when the bus stops there, say, for five minutes to pick up the kids, you get a little recharge, and then you could have a much smaller battery on the vehicle. The vehicle can run for much longer, and electrification happens faster because the vehicles are cheaper and uh, better to use. So those kind of came together, uh, the two stories, in 2018 at Stanford. I was doing my PhD and kind of returned back to wireless charging, which I'd gotten excited about while I was at Motive. And then Professor Sullivan's group and two of his students and postdocs, Aaron and P.O., who became my co-founders, had really perfected this MSRS technology for the coils. So we came together, demonstrated this in an academic setting. We had about five times higher performance for wireless charging than anyone else had demonstrated. And we took a step back and said, okay, where can this have the biggest impact on people with this origin of the technology in medical implants at the forefront of our mind? So we launched into medical devices in 2019. We landed our first active implantable device customer. And then we've been growing since then and are now launching into electric vehicles uh, this year. Wow, and you mentioned MSRS technology. Does that stand for something? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, so <laughs> the MSRS stands for multi-layer self-resonance structure, which you can tell was invented by a number of PhDs uh, rather than people focused on the marketing. And so really kind of the way to think about the MSRS or this new electromagnetic structure that Professor Sullivan and Aaron and P.O. invented is that most people build wireless charging by basically wrapping wire in a loop. And that has certain limitations on cost and on performance. That's kind of how you and, and the listeners might be familiar with a cell phone charger. That's kind of how those are built. And what the MSRS does instead is you actually are taking very thin sheets of foil, just like you might wrap your lunch in, like aluminum foil, and you're stacking those very thin sheets up. And that allows you to get that five to 10 times higher performance so we can charge faster, we can charge at deeper implant depths, we can make alignment easier for patients, and we can make the size smaller. And all of those together are incredibly valuable to make patients' lives better in medical devices. And that's really enabled by the MSRS. And so the name of the company, Resonant Link, does that... Uh come from like MSRS, like that it, name? Yeah, so you know, really modern wireless power is built around uh, what's called resonance, right? Which were, is the natural frequency of a system at which it vibrates. Um, and so in electrical engineering, resonance in, in some applications is really desirable because it means you have low loss or high efficiency uh, power transfer and so that's what the MSRS, you know, the, the resonant um, in the MSRS name really speaks to that, that you want, want this resonant behavior to get high efficiency. And then the link is from a wireless power link, kind of the two sides 
that you're sending power across this air gap. Um, so that's kind of where the name's from. And uh, yeah, we Resonant Link has grown uh, from there. Yeah, very cool. I wanted to ask you more about like the state of wireless charging for medical device implants today. Why did you think improvements were needed? Yeah, so at the end of the day, we really want to make patients' lives better. So we want to eliminate the surgeries that we need today for battery replacements. We want to enable new treatments that aren't possible without recharging. And then we want to eliminate things like drive lines um, and other invasive ways of powering these devices. So really today, when you look at kind of that the charging landscape, you have a really big chunk of the market that's called primary cell. Um, so that's most cardiac devices and about 60% of the neurostim or spinal cord stimulation market. And those ones are ones where you have a single use battery inside the body. Um, in say a year to 10 years, you're gonna have a surgery to replace that device or the device is just gonna stop working. Then you kind of have this second chunk of the market where you do have wireless charging today, that's about 40% of spinal cord stimulators and a few other uh, areas we're starting to see adoption. But it's a really frustrating experience for patients today where you have a device implanted in your body. Sometimes it's hard to tell exactly where it is. And the charger, you have to get super close to where that one is outside of your body. So imagine you have, say, a spinal cord stimulator implanted in your back. You have to line up this external hub within, say, a millimeter, like a tiny, tiny area you have to hit. And then you have to keep it there for one to two hours and sit completely still while these devices are charging. So it's actually the number one patient complaint with uh, spinal cord stimulators is this recharging. And because it's so difficult, doctors end up prescribing these primary cell devices to a lot of patients that, that could have recharging. So people are literally opting to have surgery instead of the, the difficulty of current recharge technologies. And then the third bucket for really high powered devices, um, those are, are powered through a drive line or a wire that's permanently installed in the stomach. And about 20% of patients that have those for something like ventricular assist devices end up needing to go to the hospital because it gets infected every year. And so really when you look at the landscape, more and more devices are going recharging, but it's still a frustrating patient experience. And there's a number of patients that could get recharging but aren't getting it today because of that limited alignment, because you can't implant them um, super deep in the body. So patients with high BMI aren't eligible there. And, uh, and it's just not a good experience for the people that we're trying to treat patients. So really we wanna to get to faster charging. We wanna make it super easy to align and we want to be able to treat every single patient that could use these treatments. And that's really what Resonant Link is all about. Yeah, and you mentioned that it could take like an hour to recharge like a medical device implant, but I'm just wondering like how frequent 
how frequent recharging um, do patients have to do? And I, I guess this varies, of course, by the type of medical device and what mm-hmm. purpose it serves. But like a, a, approximately, can you tell us like a range of like how often do patients have to recharge their medical devices with the wireless charging systems that they have today? Yeah, I'd say it varies between like you always need to have the charger there if you want to get the treatment. So that's constantly that's something like a drive line for a ventricular assist device to say week every week or every month uh, for something like a spinal cord stimulator. But I'd say the most common is like two to three times a week for most of the neurostimulators that are rechargeable today. And like, I'm just trying to picture this. So how big are those wireless um, chargers? So those ones inside the body, they're a couple centimeters. They basically fit inside the device that's already being implanted. And outside the body, they're kind of the size of a CD. Uh, Maybe I'm dating myself a little bit since we all use streaming services now. Uh, but maybe about the size of a coaster or so uh, in diameter. Okay, I see. And you've done customization, but we also saw Resident Link has developed the world's fastest charger for titanium CAN-based medical device implants. Can you tell us more about this wireless charger and and um, give us some examples of titanium CAN-based medical device implants that could use it? Yeah, absolutely. So just taking a step back on how we like to work, we really work with the medical device companies, the original equipment manufacturers, OEMs, um, to serve as their partner in power, we say. So we want to be the partner on power and energy that gets them all the way from the device concept to success in market or really sets them apart with a new charging paradigm if they're already in market. So we work with these companies directly. We strive to be the best partner that they've ever had. And I think for some some customers that we worked with for four or five years, uh, we're on that track to be. So that's really the, the core focus there is being the partner in power. So when, when people come in, uh, sometimes they have a device concept and they want to know how wireless charging can fit in there. Sometimes they already have a really successful device and they're looking to upgrade that charging capability. And so we work with those uh, those customers on a custom basis, uh, you know, to take our core technology, take our platform and fit it into their device specifically. So that's how we like to work. And what we'd seen is that for most of the, the neurostimulators, especially, but also cardiac devices on the market, they're implanted in a titanium can, right? So you have your IPG, your implantable pulse generator. It's inside a titanium can that's got your batteries and your electronics. And then the leads come out of the header uh, to go to deliver the stimulation wherever it's needed for that treatment. And what we'd seen is that that form factor and that platform is somewhat constant. People have different sizes, different shapes, but the core challenge is the same for, say, every spinal cord stimulator or for a a broad set of cardiac devices that are inside this can. And people are going more and more to buying off-the-shelf platforms uh, from some of the contract manufacturers to get their device off the ground there. 
So we wanted to do the same thing on the charging side, which is make it something that is very close, even if it's not the exact form, exact form factor, is very close to the end product there and is just a couple tweaks to customize for each each of each of our partners there. Um, so the, the charger that we're launching, and those are shipping next month, is a 2.5 watt charger, which is about three times faster than anything that's on the market today. So patients can charge in 15 or 20 minutes instead of one to two hours there, like we were talking about earlier. So we're really focusing on getting that out there for spinal cord stimulators, for other neurostimulators, building great charging in from the beginning and taking charging from that number one patient complaint to something that patients always opt for and fits into their daily lives easily. Yeah, great. And you've mentioned the spinal cord neurostimulators. Are there any other um, medical devices that can use this like fast charging? Yeah, so we, we think anything that is implanted in the body and delivers electrical stimulation should use recharging. Um, for that platform, we're really targeting the, the broader neurostimulator space. So spinal cord, vagus nerve, uh, sacral nerve, deep brain stimulation, some of the emerging uh, brain-computer interface applications, and that really fast-growing neurostimulation market there. So that is the focus for this titanium can-based uh, charger platform. But we're, we, our mission and our goal is to make anything that's inside the body that's delivering electrical stimulation non-invasively powered with wireless charging. So we think all of it should use wireless charging. Oh, interesting. And so you mentioned that it can reduce um, the charging time from like one to two hours to around 15 minutes. So I imagine that's a that is a huge impact on like patient, um, you know, burden. Yeah. So we really, you know, right now, like when you need to recharge, say, your spinal cord stimulator, not only do you have a couple hours, but you also have to be sitting still or else that recharging gets interrupted. And so, you know, you need to like plan, hey, I'm going to watch two episodes of a TV show or I'm going to watch a football game or I'm going to be like sitting still on the couch while I'm recharging for a couple hours multiple times per week. That's a huge, huge part of all of our lives is two to three hours uh, for two to three days a week. And so what we want to do is make this, yeah, in that 15 to 20 minute range. And then also because of our core technology, you can move around while you're recharging there. So it goes from an event that needs to be planned for to say, hey, I'm just going to pop in this charger while I'm starting to cook dinner. Or I'm just going to do it, you know, right when I get home while I'm uh, unloading from the day or while I'm getting ready to move on to my next activity and make it really seamlessly fit into patients' lives. Well, that's really great. Yeah, that's really great for um, for patients. Yeah. Yeah, and I know at the beginning of the show you mentioned that. Um, well, you you mentioned like electric buses, and by the way, those are like enormous vehicles that I imagine require <laughs> like substantial battery power and you know recharge power. But can you tell us a bit more of? about the work that Resident Link is, is doing in these other industries like electric vehicles, as well as consumer electronics? 
Yeah, so we, uh, as I mentioned, kind of this core technology platform is a really fundamental breakthrough in wireless charging. It's not just uh, valuable for medical devices or just for electric vehicles. We've actually proven it across a million times range in power from something kind of as small as a penny or a fraction of a penny up to something that could charge an electric vehicle like a Tesla or something along those lines. So we've, uh, this month, we're actually launching our 19.2 kilowatt 400 amp charger for industrial vehicles. So vehicles that work inside a warehouse, a distribution center, a fulfillment center, and that's the fastest charger on the market for those vehicles. And really that goes back to the vision that, that we talked about at the beginning of the show on if you have these vehicles and you know where they're gonna stop, if we can integrate charging into those stops that already exist, electric vehicles are just gonna be better and more cost-effective than any gas vehicle possibly could be. So we're launching that charger this month. First shipments are going out. We have all four of the top OEMs uh, in that lift truck industry signed up to use them. And we're super excited uh, about that mission to build on, on what we've laid the foundation for in medical devices. Just wondering, the fast charging for the electric vehicles, does that save on electricity? Yeah, so it's there's, um, there's a big benefit to how electricity is distributed in that charging. So let's just say at the end of the day, you have a big fleet and all 100 of your vehicles plug in at one time. You get what's called demand charges from the utility, where because of that peak power, you get a huge monthly bill just based on that peak. But if you're charging in these little little snacks uh, throughout the day at these stops that already exist, you don't have those big peaks. You instead have a much more steady uh, steady electricity flow to your vehicles. And so you, you don't save on the total amount of electricity transferred. That's about the same. You need the same energy to do the work. But you do save uh, pretty broadly on the demand charges that you'll see for a site because you're distributing charging across time and space there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure if you gave us examples of some consumer electronics that um, like... Are these like, for example, cell phones and tablets that, that um, Resident Link is aiming? Yeah, so we are also working um, on consumer electronics. We work with some of the leading device OEMs to make charging faster for first for their smartphones. So we're uh, charging about two to three times faster with better misalignment for smartphones as well. And that's a place that, that we'll see some devices hopefully coming on the market in the next few years here. And that'll be just a much better patient experience. Uh, sorry, much better consumer experience for all of us that use wireless charging for our phones. That's great. And um, yeah, so any final thoughts or can you share what's coming up next for Resonant Link? Yeah, so we're super excited to keep growing in medical devices. First and foremost, our mission there is to eliminate these battery replacement surgeries, enable new treatments, 
and elevate existing ones to be better for patients. And so we're at 19 medical device OEMs that are designing our wireless chargers into their systems today. And we're looking forward to growing that number to serve more and more partners uh, on the power and energy side. And then also to see more and more of these devices hit the market and ultimately be successful in making patients' lives better. So that's first and foremost. As I mentioned, we're launching our 19 kilowatt charger into the uh, mobility space this month. So we're super excited to see that product in the field and making a different set of people's lives better operators in that warehouse environment. And then lastly, our team continues to grow. There's about 50 of us today. We'll be adding 20, 25 more team members this year to support all these products in the field and to help be a better partner to our customers across these different areas. Um, so we're super excited to see what's next. We think wireless charging can make uh, everyone's lives healthier through, through this power uh, and energy moment that we're living in. And uh, yeah, really appreciate the time today. Thank you so much, Grace, Grayson, for being on our show today. Thank you so much for having us. And that's the end of this week's X-Talks Life Science Podcast. If you liked today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the X-Talks Life Science Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X-Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com, or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.